Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I have had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey, as well as some solo episodes from me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to always dream big and make it your reality. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have Ellie May, a business coach who works predominantly with other coaches and service providers to work less, earn more and book their soulmate clients with ease. Today we are going to be chatting about how to attract empowered clients who are actually ready to work with you now. And this can be applied for product-based businesses, service businesses, but Ellie predominantly does focus on coaches and services. So make sure you do tune into this episode. We are going to be chatting about, of course, mindset, but how to attract those dream clients and customers so that they keep coming back for more. So let's get into it. Hey, Ellie, I am super excited to have you on today's episode of Couch Chats. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. So as you all heard, Ellie is an amazing CEO and business coach as well. And we're going to be chatting a bit about how to attract empowered clients who are really ready for you and ready to work with you in all your glory and all your expertise (laughs) now. But before we get started, I wanted to just get you to share a little bit about your background, where it all started and where you're at now so that people can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, sure thing. So um, kind of like we talked about with your interview on my podcast, I always go long-winded when I share my story. So I'm going to condense it. So I started my first kind of business when I was 15. It was a photography business during high school. I got into photography at school, loved it. I started photographing family and friends and you know how it goes. It like kind of rolls out from there. Um, from the age of 15 to 21, I ended up doing a lot of photography And I did families, I did weddings in the end, which was really fun. And around the age of 21, I realized that it just wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Like during high school, you know, when you have those, uh, what are they called? The, the careers officers or the careers teachers, like where you, (laughs) what do you want to do with, um, with your life after school? I was always like, Oh, just do photography. Cause I had no idea what I wanted to do. Well, most so, 15-year-olds have no idea and they most definitely yeah. aren't running businesses. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, so funny. So I did that from 15 to 21 because after school I didn't go to university. I just went straight to day jobs. And so I did the photography on the side. But around 21 I was like, this just doesn't feel like it. I don't love this as much as I did um, in the past. So I shifted away from photography. And at the time I was working at a day job where one of the girls that I worked with was like obsessed with makeup and obsessed with beauty products. And so through her obsession, I became obsessed and I got into beauty blogging. I got into the world of beauty blogging and I was a beauty influencer and, you know, I went to events and had lots of PR packages coming in the mail, more recycling than you could ever imagine. Amazing. It was insane. <laughs> so fun. Like honestly, yeah. so, so fun. But it kind of got to a point with um, the beauty blogging and the influencing that I got to with my photography where I was like, I like this, but like, I don't love it. And it doesn't feel like it, like this doesn't feel like the thing that I meant to be doing. So I, um, I knew I was made for more and I was like, okay, what can I do next? So 
I got to a point where I realized that a lot of the people that were coming to my blog, to my website and to my Instagram, they weren't asking me for tips about makeup. They were actually asking me for tips about blogging. Like, how did you grow your blog? How are you getting so much traffic? How have you grown your Instagram to 18,000 followers? How do you have brands reaching out to work with you? So I shifted from actually doing the beauty blogging and doing the influencing to teaching people how to do that. So that happened at the end of 2018 and sorry, at the end of 2017. And I hired my first coach who was a friend, um, who's still a friend of mine. Um, and I asked her, can you help me turn my blog into a business? Cause I feel like I see people like talking about how they make money from blogging. How can I do it? But to cut the story short from December, 2017 until, um, April of 2018, I worked on turning my blog into a business, got my first client, $300 a month. I was like, woo, I've made it. Um, and then I got really serious about like taking my business full time because I realized like if I can get one client for $300, I could have two clients, which is 600. And, you know, I started adding up the math and I was like, I could easily replace my day job income with this and just like work from home in my pajamas all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized, okay, I'll do this full time. So from April, when I got my first client until July, I um, built up my business. I got to the point with within four months where I was able to go full time in business, fully booked out my social media management services. And I got back into a little bit of photography, which was fun. And then um, I think it was, I always try and think in years because I lose track of time. Um, it was the end of 2018, the year that I went full-time in business that I transitioned into business coaching, primarily helping women who were in day jobs and were sick of working in their day jobs to go full-time in business like I had, because I did it in, you know, a relatively (laughs) short amount of time. I was like, I can teach people how to do this. It was so easy. So I started doing that. And nowadays I mostly work with women who are further along in business, who are at a point where they feel capped out with how much money they're able to make in the time that they're working. So a lot of the clients that come to me will be working way too many hours for not enough money, AKA burning themselves out, hustling, feeling like they have to juggle all the things. And I'm like, let's simplify, let's work Mm -hmm. less, let's earn more and let's really bring in those aligned clients. So um, that's kind of where I'm at and what I do today. Amazing. And that is why we are going to be picking your brain on how to really attract those empowered (laughs) clients who really align and that are ready to work with you now, because that's a whole part of it. And I think you and I would both agree. And I love that you, we were just chatting that you feel like we have the same brain because I think there's really no point if you're a service-based provider working with clients that you don't love working with. Mm. I mean, that is what you're doing every single day. It's like working a job that you don't enjoy if you're not working with clients that are aligned and that you resonate with as well. So I'm pretty selective on who I work with and I'm sure you definitely would be as well. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about firstly knowing who your dream client is because I think that's where people get stuck is that they're like anyone with money who wants to pay me, I'll take it, you know? So how do we get past the mindset? Because I hear a lot of people saying, well, I don't want to be too specific because then I've got less people Mm. to sell to kind of thing. So I think that would be the first Mm. roadblock on people actually finding the aligned clients because in order to find and attract them, you have to shut out the ones that aren't 
right for you as well. So yeah. how do you know who your dream client is? Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers to to all of it. Like there's the money mindset yep. element in terms <laughs> of like realizing that people have more money than they think and you're not forcing anyone into anything. They can make, you know, like they're grown ass humans, let them make grown ass decisions type of thing. Yeah. But in terms of like really bringing in aligned clients, you know, when I talk about aligned clients, I refer to them as like soulmate dream clients. And I think of it from the perspective of like, you know, when you meet someone and it's the first time you've ever met them and it's the first time you've ever had a conversation, but it feels like you know them and it feels like you've had a conversation before where you're like, I just feel like I know you, like I feel comfortable with you. I feel like we have these expansive conversations. I feel like I just want to know everything about you and I want you to know everything about me. It's like, it's just, it's a different feeling of a connection. To me, that's why I say soulmate dream clients. And that's what I think an aligned client is. It's someone that I mean, when it is something that you're doing all day, every day, like as a service provider, as a coach or a consultant, it's like, you're literally working in your business every day, or I don't work every day, but most days of the week, right? We're working with these people. We want to make sure that they're people who we want to be around, that we want to have conversations with, that we enjoy being around, that we're excited to support, especially as a coach and as a mentor, you know, when you bring clients into a coaching container, like you're there mentoring, you're there supporting them, you're helping them work through limiting beliefs, you're helping them to shift their mindset, you're helping them to strategize. And if you can't fully be on board with what's going on for them and be there to support them, it's probably not an aligned fit. So when I think about like, how do you determine who a dream client is? You can look at it from the traditional coaching method of like, What's their age? What's their gender? What's their location? What are their hobbies? What are their interests? And I think that I think that's still necessary. I think there's still a time and a place for that. But I think about what type of person are they? How committed are they? Do they invest in themselves? Mm-hmm. Do they not? What do they think about money? What do they think about relationships? What do they think about success? How much do they believe in themselves? Do they think they're capable or do they doubt themselves? Do they think they can do it or do they think they can't? Because I only want to work with clients who believe in themselves. I'm not here to convince anyone that they're good enough, that they're capable, that they can do it. I'm like, come to me when you know that you're ready and then we can work together. So you are right. Like I'm very selective about who I bring on, but in that sense, because if I feel like you just don't believe that you can achieve whatever goal it is, you know, I primarily help women to get to like 20K cash months and sign soulmate dream clients and work less and all that. If you don't believe you can do those things, I'm not here to convince you of that. So that's what I think about when I think about an aligned dream client is what type of person are they? What do they want to achieve? What are their desires? What motivates them? What struggles are they going through? How are they getting in their own way? It's like, it's almost like a little iceberg. Mm-hmm. It's like the tip of the iceberg is what we see out of the water. And that's the the age and the gender and location and hobbies and interests and likes and dislikes. But it's like under the surface or under the water is the bottom of the iceberg, which is like 80% of it, which is like who they are as a person and what motivates them and what they're going for. So Absolutely. I think that's applicable, you know, even if you're not a coach. I mean, being a coach, we are like dating almost, like it's to the level where you've got to screen your clients as if you're screening, (laughs) you know, a partner or something because we do become quite invested and, you know, involved in what they're doing. But even if you're just a general service provider or even selling products, I think, you know, even with myself having a product-based business as well, I don't necessarily know all my 
customer's life goals and I don't necessarily have to screen them if they want to buy the swimwear they can, but I've built a brand around attracting those kind of people. Um, and I really do understand who I want to target and their, you know, their deeper beliefs and their deeper wants and their deeper pain points. And I think you touched on that with the iceberg. Even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I have a product-based business, anyone can buy it. It still is key. And you can definitely take those lessons away because if you don't understand your client on a deeper level, then how can you serve them on a deeper level? How can you know what they really want and need? Yeah. Yeah. But even with a product-based business, like you said, the same thing still applies because although anyone can technically go to your website and buy the thing that you sell and that's okay, it's also like you need to be so specific in your marketing because if you're just like, you know, say for example, with your swimwear brand, oh, we're just another swimwear brand. Like, how is that going to make you stand out? Like people want to feel something like, especially nowadays, like people, like humans are like feelings beings. Like we all want to feel something. And if we can connect with a brand, if we can connect with a message, if we can feel something from that, people are way more likely to buy and invest in us or work with us or buy from us if it's a product-based business than they are just a generic, here's just another swimwear brand or here's another clothing brand or here's another toy brand, like whatever it is. It's like people want to feel something. People want to feel connected. So knowing their desires and knowing what really motivates them is, is really key regardless of what kind of business. Absolutely. And I actually spoke about this in my membership around being more niche than ever is key. And when people think niche, they think, what is my product? My product has to be specific. I think of it more about the client and the customer, like be so damn specific on who they are, what they are motivated by and what they need. Because then if you're clear on that, you can offer them everything they need. You could be the one-stop shop for absolutely anything and everything if you've built that relationship. So I think that is a really awesome tip to start out with and super valuable for any kind of business as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So once you're sort of clear on who your ideal client is, what would be your tips around the different types of content or marketing to attract them? Because obviously people aren't mind readers. So we need to portray that somehow. Um, We can't just sit sit in our office and think, I know who they are. They're going to walk through the door. Um, But by deciding (laughs) that firstly, your actions will portray that anyway. But what what actions can people consciously take to attract those clients? Mm. And especially in a service-based business, you do find people who just are time wasters in a way, whereas online you don't really know. There's a lot of people on your website, but they're not really wasting your time. There's, they're just not checking out. They're adding to cart and not checking out. Whereas yeah. service-based businesses, there are people who want to be ready but just aren't. So take us through some of the tips you have around actually attracting them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, as a bit of a backstory, I think this will be helpful to kind of understand, you know, the difference between attracting people who aren't ready and people who are and like the differentiator is, you know, when I first made that switch from social media management into coaching, I um, was so brand new to the coaching world. I didn't even know that, you know, coaches were a thing until 12 months before that, you know, when I hired my first coach. 
And for me at the time, I thought that a really big part of um, coaching and signing clients was convincing people why they needed a coach and convincing people why they should have a coach and convincing people why they had to spend money and they should invest in themselves. And it was because I saw a lot of content from people saying like, here's why you need a coach. And so, you know, I thought, well, this must be the norm. People need to be convinced why they should invest in themselves. People need to be told why they should have a coach. Like, And so at the time, you know, a lot of my content, a lot of my marketing was very outwards in the sense of like, here's why you need me. Here's why you need a coach. Here's why you should invest in yourself. If you don't have a coach, it's going to take longer, blah, 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 blah. And like, I think those things are true. Like I'm all about, I always have a mentor. I always have a coach. I'm always in a mastermind. I'm always investing in myself somehow. But I've realized since then, it's not up to me to convince people. Um, But back then, because I did, And that was the place that I was showing up. You know, I was hiding my prices and I was getting on sales calls full of anxiety because I was like having to tell people the price. And I was so scared that they were going to say, I don't have the money. And I was going to have to handle their money objections. I'm like, ew, that just gives me so much anxiety. Like the thought of convincing someone why they should spend thousands of dollars to work with me is like, that's, I wouldn't like someone to do that to me. Why am I doing this to someone else? And so when I realized that these strategies that I'd learned, and I want to say like those strategies work for some people and they enjoy them and it feels aligned for them. If that's you go for it. But I hated them. I hated hiding my prices. I hated getting on calls with people who didn't have the money. I think it's a waste of my time and theirs. If they don't have the money, it's okay. They can come back when they do. And if they don't feel ready right now, that's okay. They can come back when they do kind of like what you said. So back then, you know, I attracted a lot of clients from a place of disempowerment where I was like convincing and saying, come join and don't talk to your husband about it. Like, let's just do it today. Like, let's invest. How much can you pay for a deposit? And it was like this really convincing, needy kind of desperate energy as much as I hate to admit it, but that's what it was. And so the clients that I brought in, they weren't ready for the transformation. They weren't ready to make the most of the experience. They were the ones that didn't show up for calls. They were the ones who didn't do their action steps that I'd give them. They were the ones who would get to the end of our coaching container and be like, I didn't reach the results. Why? Like, it's it's your fault. And I'd be like, well, you didn't do the work, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But it came back to me because it was the way that I was marketing to them. So when I realized that that's the situation I'd got myself into, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to rewrite the way that I do sales. I'm, I've got to trust and know that there are people out there that want this, that need this, that have the money and that are ready right now. Because the reality is that is the truth. There's always someone that's ready and is like on your website or like stalking your social media and like every day they're getting closer and closer to their yes. It's just having faith and having confidence and trusting that that's happening, not giving up. So I shifted the way that I did sales and I made it a lot more transparent. You know, I now, even with my high ticket one-on-one coaching, like it's a multiple five-figure investment to work with me one-on-one, but I display it publicly because that feels better for me. And I also attract clients who appreciate that and they do that as well. So I'm very transparent in the sales process. So that's really helped in bringing clients who do have the money and who are ready now is making sure that I'm transparent in the whole process so that they feel supported in that way. But even just in content and in marketing, it's like, you know, back then I was saying to people, here's why you should invest in yourself now. You know, the only time you have is now and blah, 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 blah. Whereas nowadays it's like, I'm speaking to someone saying, you already know that you're in, you already know that you want this. You're at this point, you're going to this point you know, you want to coach, you know, you're ready to invest in yourself. So it's just being intentional even 
strategically in the language that you use. If you're convincing, Mm -hmm. you're going to attract a disempowered client who probably isn't ready yet. But if you are speaking to someone who knows that they're ready and who knows that they're capable and who knows that they're worthy of it, et cetera, et cetera, like I talked about before, then naturally the clients that you bring in will be at that point and they will have the money and they will be ready now. There's no convincing on your end or on their end. And you know what? It always leads to a better experience for you and your clients and the clients always end up getting the results because they actually want to be in there and they want to invest because it it came from an empowered place. So that's what I think. Yeah. I think two really valuable things there. First thing that you said was that you know now how to speak to your ideal client, which comes back to the first point of knowing who that is. Now, you were firstly just looking at other competitors and saying, well, that must be how coaches market. Maybe they are targeting those people who are just starting out who need the convincing. And so it wasn't until you really gained that clarity on who your ideal client was for you that now you can speak to them and magically, which I say that with, you know, um, quotation marks because there is no such thing as magic, but it's yeah. part of a result of what you did to make that happen. And the second thing that I, I noticed you said early on was that the wrong clients were coming to you as a result of your actions. And now I think that is a super valuable yeah. lesson that many people aren't prepared to take ownership on. They will blame the clients for being mm-hmm. terrible clients. They will blame the clients for not getting the results or whatever it is. Everything that is a reality for you right now is a result of your own actions, no one else's. Yeah. And that's simply changing tiny things such as the wording for you made all the difference. And until people realize that it's your responsibility, your ownership to Mm. realize what you're doing, that you're creating your reality, that then you can change it. But until yeah. then, you can keep blaming everyone, keep doing the same thing you're always doing and keep having the same problem. So I, yeah. I think those were just super valuable lessons that I pulled out of that that yeah. maybe others might have just brushed past. Yeah, I love it. And it is it is so true. I think the thing is, you know, a lot of people get to that point where, you know, someone says to them, like you've just said, it's actually on you, like it's up to you to change it. And there are those people that are like, no, it's not. It's the client's fault, blah, 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 blah. And like sometimes it is out of our control, but it's up to us to change it. So you can look at it from a disempowered or an empowered place of like, oh my God, I got myself into this mess. How frustrating, how annoying. Oh my God, you know, it's on the client. Or you can look at it how I did and go, oh, wow, okay, this is a result of like me selling from a place of like out of integrity, not feeling good, convincing icky energy. Like what if I just shifted this and I got myself to a place where I felt good about selling, I felt good about just serving and showing up and speaking to someone who actually was ready and did have the money and knew they wanted to work with me. Of course, my results changed because I felt more in alignment with it. Absolutely. I love that. What, I mean, how do people find, so you've given a great example on how you speak to your ideal client and that I just want people to realize that speaking from that place may not be right for everyone. So what I want people to be conscious of is really digging deep to find what's right for them and how to communicate that content. So what tips would you have around that? I mean, obviously knowing who your ideal client is key and then that will tell you how to tell to them. But do you have any 
key types of content or marketing or how do people really find the right way for them? Yeah. Um, I love that you said it. It's about really finding what's aligned for you and what feels good for you because what works for one person may not work for another. I think the most important thing that you can get out of everything I'm saying is that if you only want to work with people who are empowered, who believe in themselves, who who know that they're worthy, who know that they're capable of all those things, who don't need you to convince them of that, then that's what you want to say in your content. Like actually say that, like you know that you're worthy. You may not know how to do it. You may be struggling with the how, you may be struggling with the when, you might not know what it's going to look like, but you just know deep down inside of you that it's it's possible. It's like, say that, say exactly what I just said in a post. If you want to work with people who let's just say, I'm trying to think of an example. So let's just say you're a coach and you're a relationship coach and you want to help people to um, find their like soulmate, like to, to love and to marry and all of that, like their soulmate partner, right? I think the most important thing is understanding that that's what they want. They want a soulmate, they want a partner, a wife, a husband, whatever. But it's like, why do they want that? Because they want to feel loved. They want to feel supported. They want to feel celebrated. They want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. So it's like understanding also like, what they want, but like why they want it, like what's that below the surface thing and speak to that in your content. Like, don't just say, you know, you want to get a a partner, like here's how you do it. And like tips, 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 like speak to the why, like talk to them. Like you were sitting down with a best friend and being like, I'm so excited for you. Like, you know, getting out there and putting yourself out there. Like you're finally going to have someone who treats you this way, who makes you feel like this. So when it comes to marketing, it's like, I think, you know, and I very much used to think very surface level of like, I think it's just an industry thing too. It's like, it's always got to be tips. We've always got to be educating and teaching people. But the reality is a lot of people are sick of the tips and they're like sick of being educated too. I think there's a time and a place for it though. And people just want to feel things. Like I said before, people want to feel connection. And I think the biggest thing is for anyone who is a coach or a consultant, the most important thing is understand that people are only going to work with you if they trust you because they're going to be sharing parts of their life and their business and their struggles with you. But even still for service providers, people only work with people that they trust. So if you can convey like their desires and the fact that you truly understand them, like really understand them, not just for what they want, but who they are and why they want what they want, like that below the surface stuff. But then also build connection with them, share who you are, like who you really are, be vulnerable, share your struggles, share all those things that you're going through, share what you're shifting, show your life. That's the most important thing is like really show up and, sh- and share who you are as a person, but also just build trust with those people because no one buys from people that they don't trust because hello, that's just not a human thing to do. Like no one <laughs> gives their money to someone who they don't trust. So Build trust with people, I think, is probably one of the most important things. But show who you are and speak to the person that is empowered and that is ready now because those people are out there. And I think strategically I can give you those tips, but if you don't believe it and you're like, no, but if they were out there, why haven't they applied? That's a whole nother conversation. That's a mindset thing, which is where like the mindset and energy part of business comes into play because strategically you can create this content, but if in the back of your mind you're like, yeah, but no one has, no one's going to be able to afford this. Like no one's going to want to work with me. Like I've got no clients right now, like as if, then that's what you need to work on. It's less about strategy and more about the mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just key to combine the strategy and mindset in everything you do, because like you touched on, if you believe that 
these clients aren't out there or they're not going to pay you, then your actions are going to create that reality for you, which then again is reinforcing that thought and then, (laughs) you know, digging a deeper hole. Yeah. (laughs) But I think these tips have just been amazing and I know that everyone will be able to take so much away from this. But before we finish up, I would love if you could share one piece of advice, like one thing that you learned throughout your journey that you were like, I wish I knew this all along, or just one revelation that you kind of had throughout your journey. Mm, I love this. I mean, so many things I could say, but I think what I want to share is just, I think business is one of those journeys where it's actually less about business and it's more about ourselves and it's more of a personal growth journey and a personal development journey than it is business and strategy and all that kind of stuff. So for me, one of the biggest lessons that I learned even, you know, a few years ago, my first year of business, but I'm still learning at a deeper level and I'm still integrating at a deeper level every single day is having a level of self-trust that is just unshakable. And it's having a level of, of trust in ourselves. It's having a level of trust in the unknown, in what we're capable of, in what we can achieve in what's possible for us. And I think as entrepreneurs and as business women and as CEOs and coaches, consultants, service providers, e-commerce brands, whatever, I think just as human beings, we need to have a deeper level of trust because business is such a roller coaster of a journey. And like, you know, like we just talked about, there's the strategy, but then there's a whole nother conversation around mindset. And then there's a whole nother conversation around like seeing it through and being consistent and not feeling bad about things when they don't go your way. And like, There's just so many layers to it, but if at every layer of it, you can have self-trust and you can trust in yourself that you are doing enough, that what you're doing is good enough, that you are good enough, that you are capable. I think that's the most important thing you can have in business because if you don't believe in yourself, you can't attract others who believe in you. Like it all starts with you. So it's like, you've got to have that level of self-trust and even self-belief and confidence first before you can attract that, especially if we're talking about clients. A hundred percent. I agree with that so much. I always say starting a business is like the best personal development course you ever take because (laughs) you have to level up every time. Your business can't supersede where you're at mentally, physically, you know. So growing yourself is just so key and I've had so much growth throughout my business. So I love that you touched on that as your last tip. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's so much more of a personal development journey than a business journey. I swear, like you can find the strategy and absolutely nail it. And then you're like, ah, mindset again. So yeah, I love it. And I just love, you know, personal development books and podcasts and going to seminars. Like I went to Tony Robbins a couple of years ago before the pandemic and, you know, just investing in life coaches and NLP certifications. Like there's so many, we're so blessed with so many opportunities now to like expand our mindsets. Even just the fact that like, hello, free content, Instagram podcasts like this. So yeah, I just soak it all up and I'm just, I'm a lifelong learner. That's what I always say. I'm, I'm in it for life. I'm in for the lifelong growth. So yeah, at every new level, I'm here for it. A hundred percent. We definitely can never stop learning. I mean, you, I don't think anyone in the world knows everything about everything and, and consciously anyway. No. So yeah, we definitely are lifelong learners. And just before we finish up, I just wanted to let everyone know to make sure they go on over to 
Ellie's podcast, The Empowered CEO Show, because there will be an interview with me over there. And I, if you enjoyed this episode, I'm sure you would love the rest of Ellie's episodes on her podcast as well. So the links will be in the show notes, but Ellie, let everyone know where they can find you online as well. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check out the podcast because I loved your interview with me. So I'm excited for everyone to listen to that. But honestly, the best place to find me is either the podcast for juicy, valuable tips and all of that. Otherwise I'm always on Instagram. Like I don't think you'll ever see that I'm not on Instagram stories. So if you want to come hang out, get to know me. I also post really valuable content over there as well. But um, yeah, Instagram is honestly the best place to find me, which is just at Ellie May. So yeah. Amazing. Well, I'll have all of that in the show notes so everyone can just click on over, make it as easy as possible. Uh, But thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us today. It was awesome getting to chat. Thank you so much. I've loved it. I hope that's left you feeling inspired to go out there and find your dream clients. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, please do screenshot and share it to your social media. Make sure you tag me at jess.williamson8 and Ellie at Ellie May. And the links will be in the show notes. So you can definitely come and connect with us over on Instagram. But also the link to my interview on Ellie's podcast will also be in the show notes. So make sure you go on over and check that out because it was such a fun interview. And you'll gain so much from her podcast as well, the Empowered CEO podcast. So I'll chat to you all very soon. See you guys.